you know, it's the biggest win of his career, and he's pretty happy about it. Is that something you want to get back? No, I don't. You don't he's care about that, right? Down here, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. going way up. So. Okay. Welcome to Champions Battlefield, the show where we meet with champions and discuss their story of overcoming adversity. I'm Trevor Carroll. With me is my co-host, Jamma Galshani. In studio today, we have current BFL Pro Bantamweight champion, Cole Smith, who's going to tell us a little bit more about his story. Cole Smith. What's up, brother? How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks good. for coming out. Yeah, it's always good to be here with you guys. Long drive. Beautiful drive, but long drive down here. Beautiful drive, man. It's always a good drive, you know, in the summertime. Awesome. Nice long highway. You guys are doing some cool things up there, right? You guys started out your own gym, and I see pictures all the time with beasts coming up to train up there. Yeah, man. Uh, we're, we're doing good up in Squamish right now. You know, a long time ago... I had to start it all on my own. I had to throw flyers. I was begging everybody to come out and train with me. Now we got we got guys coming up all the time, legit fighters. Dan Kajic was just up yeah. there on Saturday. You know, Nick Ganey comes up all the time. He lived up there for a while, didn't he, Nick? No, no, no. He, he lives in North Van. <coughs> oh, he does? He travels up, but he just moved to Calgary. Just yeah. moved to Calgary, yeah, yeah, right? Makes my heart, yeah. man. He was a really good teammate. He was... Yeah. He was so nice to have it at it's the a, gym. It's but a strength with his wrestling to have him up there, right? It, it was nice because a lot of the guys at my gym are all strikers, mm-hmm. and he's just such a good wrestler, and and everything he teaches is so precise, and everything is so easy. He was just a great coach, and, and it sucks to lose him. Yeah, and you got Gwen Berry coming up. Gwen Berry, man, uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, you know, he was just one of my dopey little friends in Britannia <laughs> Beach. He he didn't want to be a fighter or nothing like that, and I kind of convinced him. <laughs> you recruited yeah. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come come to the gym, man. Come and train with us, you know. Come be a fighter. And yeah, yeah, I'll try it out. And my brother got him a fight in Battlefield. He he beat the shit out of the kid, and now, yeah. now he's four. He's oh, good, he's man. He's a talented good, he, kid, yeah. He, he, the thing with Gwyn is he doesn't understand and believe how good he really yeah, is because yeah. he doesn't believe he was supposed to be a fighter in the first place. Yeah. Whereas a lot of other people like me, I, I, you know, I was a fighter my whole life. I, you know, fighting kids on the street and whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I knew I had three older brothers. I knew I was tough. Gwyn, you know, he was kind of a skinnier, kind of a geekier kid when he was growing up. Didn't really have it that easy. Now he's eight feet tall he's all long you know <laughs> he's got the body type for he's it too it reminds type. me of matt dwyer yeah. you know he's got the yeah <laughs> it's funny because everybody used to think the body type was was the short stocky yeah. powerhouse guys but but now people are figuring out it's nice to be long and rangy yeah. you don't get hit you know well that's that's what's successful right now you can see that right yeah yeah it's it, yeah with john jones and, and all those yeah. guys so let's let's talk about you man you you grew up in east van tell us a little bit about the where Cole Smith comes from and, and the start of things. I grew up on 53rd and Fraser. I went to uh, John John Henderson Elementary School. Three older brothers. Um, you know, growing up, life wasn't always so easy for me. I was the only white kid in the neighborhood. I was picked on quite a bit. But, uh, Did you get a lot of fights, street fights? I got in a lot of street fights, yeah. Yeah, yeah tons of street fights. But which, which kid didn't at that <laughs> age, you know? But uh, having three older brothers always helped, you know, not, ki- not too many kids wanted to mess with me after they figured that out. But at the house... But at the house, <laughs> I was getting shit kicked all the time, you know? Yeah. I couldn't touch a thing. If I even looked at the computer, I was getting beaten from my one brother because he loved the thing, you know? So, yeah. 
Does that contribute to being a tough fighter in the cage? I think so. Yeah. You know, a lot of the times I would take the remote from my brother because I wanted to, to change a channel. And I would take the remote and I'd hide it in my chest and my brother would just beat the crap out of me. And I was always thinking, you know, it's a lot better to take the beating and to have the remote than to give him the remote, you know? <laughs> so I think that helped a lot mentally. <laughs> you know you can take a beating. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, it's exactly. like the guy's on top of you beating on you. I get a remote, I gotta change a channel after this, it's all worth it. And I'm willing to bet all three of them always had weight advantage on you always, too, right? Always. Oh yeah. But I still remember the first time I subbed my my brother who's two years older than me. Yeah. I started jujitsu, you know, I was in it maybe four or five months, you know. I got my older brother who's two years older than me yeah you know and there's always a rivalry the other brothers are like 10 years older They're than me you know there's nothing i could do right? nothing i could do but but with brady i remember the one time i was training for about four or five months i asked him to come out all my friends were there we set up this little uh we put down a uh, cardboard on the floor <laughs> and we we wrestled and i still remember i choked him out man he was so mad he had to submit <laughs> he wanted to rematch right away and it went to a draw I took that as a victory. <laughs> yeah. I, was pretty, I was pretty happy. I bet that I'll, felt real good. Oh yeah, right? I'll never forget that. I, I remember the first time I submitted Casey, too. Yeah. I set up my own basement. He didn't like that as my oldest brother, right? I set up my basement. I had some mats in there. I asked him to come down and wrestle. We're wrestling. First two minutes, he's just throwing me around. Doesn't well, know what the hell Casey's he's doing. Because Casey's trained, too, right? This isn't like... But at that point, he's never he, trained. He's never he was tra just my older brother, right. you know, who beat the shit out of me since I was a child. And you know he's what I mean? thinking, nothing new, I'm just going to go at it. Casey was the, always the toughest guy in the neighborhood. Everybody yeah. knew Casey. Everyone was scared of him. He was the toughest guy. So I still remember, come down, you know, roll around, we'll wrestle a little bit. <laughs> First two minutes, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's throwing me all around. 20 seconds later, he's exhausted. Caught him in a triangle choke. <laughs> he didn't know what it was. He's... he's tapped out and ever since that day i swear he's had a whole new respect for me you know we were good buddies since then you know we had a whole different relationship it was just a necessary beast you had just, to get yeah, it out of the way right, right, had to right? do it had to do it yeah so let's go back to you went to john oliver yeah. you said you were the only white kid around yeah trouble uh, in school what, was, what were things like growing up uh yeah there was i was always in trouble in school you know um I was always like the class clown. I was always the Bart Simpson of the class. I, I wasn't I wasn't so bad, but I was just bad enough to where all the to where all the the teachers didn't really want me in class. You know, I was always being thrown out, standing in the hallway, always being punished for 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 doing stupid little things. Um, so I was kind of a bad kid. You know, I, I again I had three older brothers. They weren't always in line with. Uh, following all the rules so yeah growing up you know being the only white kid in, in in the school and and all the other ethnicities you know it wasn't always that easy but what what were the other ethnicities uh, at the time? Uh, there was uh east indian uh spanish filipino and vietnamese those were the main groups and basically 
whatever color you are, that's who you're hanging out with at school. Mm. You know, the Spanish, it, it would be from grade eight to grade 12. Doesn't matter if you're, if you're new to the school and you're, you're a Spanish, you're hanging out with all the, with all the Spanish. And they all you know? have each other's back. And they all have each other's back, you know, yeah. and I had like the multicultural crew, you know, I had like a <laughs> couple brown kids, couple Spanish kids, me and the other only white kid in the, in, in the grade was there, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, so Cole, what was it that, like with the bad influence around you and what you're saying, kind of like, on, you, you seem to have been on that kind of downhill slope in school, but something kept you out of it, right? You didn't go the extreme of ending up in, in, in prison or, or whatever else, like uh, at that, you know, at that, it's a vulnerable age, right? Was there something, was it, was it at home, was it friendship, what was it that kind of kept you out of it uh, at that point of time growing up? Yeah, you know, um, I, I was always surrounded with, you know, with older guys yeah. <clears throat> hanging out with my with my brother and his older friends, yeah. always getting into trouble, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I I saw the the lives that they were living, and uh, and you can just kind of see that they weren't they weren't going to go where anywhere in life. And I always wanted to be a professional athlete since day one. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Then I figured out you're not going anywhere in soccer, you know. And then you know, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. Then I was like, man, you're only five ten, white kid from Canada. You're not, you're not going to be a professional basketball player. So I was always trying to. I always wanted to be a professional athlete, and then I kind of stumbled into MMA, and that really kept me uh, out of trouble and just, you know, I, I stopped going out Friday and Saturday nights because I, I had to train in the morning. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you know, it, it would have been real easy for me to get into trouble, but uh, I, I had I had good parents as well. You know, they're always there to make sure I was I wasn't too bad, and you know, I was keeping my nose clean. But but yeah. Plus, you had a vision for your life, right? It seems like you you wanted something, and you could see what the alternative was, and you didn't want this other thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean. I mean, uh, my one brother was always the superstar in every sport that he played. He was in soccer. He was on the best soccer teams. You know, he played rugby for the longest time, and 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 all the uh, and, and all the uh, recruiters were coming up trying to get him to play for their team. And I saw that, and I was like, man, I, you know, I kind of wanted to be like my older mm. brother. You know, I want to have everybody coming up to me, wanting me to play on each team. You know, so uh, you know, you kind of realize that either you're getting into trouble. Or you're playing sports, you know. It's kind of hard to do both. Um, a lot of my coaches were involved in my life, so they made sure that if I was in trouble, they weren't allowing me in the gym, you know. Right. So, right. so I had a good setup. So even at way. school, that early on, being in sports helped you. Kept, Be, you, kept know, you out of. Being in sports helped me. I was like I said, I was still a troublemaker, but I was never so bad. Right. You know, if 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 the only punishment that was that I hated was missing out on a basketball game, you know? Yeah. So it did keep me out of trouble because... You just never you know, went that far. I never went that far because yeah. I knew if I went far, they're going to kick me off. The only thing that I enjoy, they knew they would take it away from me. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? You're going to take away art? I don't give a shit about art, right. you know? But they, you know I'm on the football team, I'm on the soccer team, I'm on the basketball team. So if I was a smart ass in class, they'd be like, oh, well, you're missing next next Tuesday's basketball and, and game. And that would have hurt. That, that hurt, you know? Right. So uh, I always knew I could push it, but not too far because I never wanted to be thrown completely off the team. I had all my best friends. They were all on the team. We were a group of guys, you know, mm -hmm. a core team. So, 
you know, I always wanted to be there for them, and uh, yeah, I just like to play. So right, and then so you have this community around you of of friends, sports uh, teammates, and everything. You get up, you leave everything, and you go to Britannia Beach, which is, <laughs> you know, it's like like almost like living on yeah. a different. It, island, yeah. right? It, Country. Yeah. You know, I I moved from John Oliver, one of the worst, one of the worst schools around. When I was 16, 17, I moved up to Britannia Beach. Nobody even knows where Britannia Beach is. Everyone's asking me, "Did you move to Kelowna? Did you move to Kamloops? Did you go here, or there?" I'm like, "No, man. I live 45 minutes away in Britannia Beach." But I moved up there, and and that was pretty tough. You know, I'm I'm 16, 17 years old. I'm living in a, like a village, basically with you know 200 people mm-hmm. you know no car no license no job tim hortons yeah no tim hortons oh no. my they god they don't have tim nothing it's the worst I, I live in britannia and squamish is a 15 minute drive on the highway yeah so, so there's, can, nothing. there's nothing i can do you know um we got maybe two a, tim hortons uh, now though <laughs> maybe a now. lake you can <laughs> jump in <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know so so that always made things a l- really difficult for me um Couple years went by, and I found a, a jujitsu school up there, and then I started got getting into MMA, and and then I had to travel from Britannia Beach all the way to Richmond, you know, four or five times a week to train with Adam Ryan over at Checkmat. And what was the decision to get into MMA? Um, what was the decision? My older brother Cody was into it for a long time, and. Uh, I remember he was always he was training at Franco's for a long time and he was always trying to show me moves and all this and I was never interested you know I was I was trying to be a basketball player at that time you know I was like yeah yeah you're showing me the Kimura or whatever it is um, but uh, when once we moved we got the Fight Network and Cody was always showing me Pride Pride uh, yeah. fights you know they yeah, always yeah. showed that on on the on the Fight Network showing me Vanderlei Silva and Krokop and all these guys uh, how can you not like those guys right. <laughs> So legends, yeah, legends. So I kind of I, I got into it, you know, because one, I wanted to be a professional athlete my whole life, and I realized you're not making it anywhere in basketball. And and two, I needed to defend myself against my brothers. You know, they're always beating me <laughs> down, so I had to figure something out. But yeah, what was it like starting jujitsu? Starting jujitsu was great, but I was I always felt like I was more of a striker. But starting jujitsu was good. Especially in the beginning when, when I thought I was tough and strong and, you know, you have all these ideas about yourself. Yeah. And then you go in, you get submitted by a, a kid who's 120 pounds, who's skinny as hell, and you're like, this kid submitted me? Oh, my it's goodness. It's humbling, right? It's very humbling, you know? Yeah. So you, you do kind of realize your point, uh, your, your stance in the sport right away. Um, but it was only two times a week for the longest time. I had to kind of convince him, hey, let's do some MMA or let's do some striking or something. Yeah. And well, he was, he's a Taekwondo it, it was, instructor, right? He's so. a Taekwondo instructor, but, you know, I was never in, interested in Taekwondo. Yeah. And then uh, Jiu-Jitsu, you know, it caught my attention. My brother Casey actually brought me down the pamphlet for the first time. I remember reading it. Oh, yeah, this seems pretty interesting. And then I went in there and, like I said, I got submitted by a couple kids who I'm like, man, this kid submitted me. I can't believe it. So I just toughed it out and I kept asking him to do some MMA and some kickboxing and then eventually we got into that and it kind of blossomed from there. Nice. What was, tell, take us down to your first fight. My first fight. First, was, first amateur fight. How did, how did that come about? Who booked the fight for you? Um, K1 
Casey always books all my fights. The guys, you know, uh, I got nothing but love for my brother. He he does such a good job with getting me my fights. But he got me my very first fight. That was in Warpath. Chilliwack, right? Chilliwack, yeah. yeah. It was it was a really good fight. Um, I'm just I'm just forgetting Buddy's name at the moment, but yeah. uh, I it, the first round went real good. It was you know pretty even, and then the second round I had him in a guillotine, and I picked him up right off the mat. Because standing guillotine? Standing guillotine, and I picked him up, and I can tell he was out, so I just dropped him, and he fell through the ropes like Rampage did versus Vanderlei, you know? I was pretty happy about that. (laughs) So I thought I was a straight badass after that. uh, So when you got that first fight, was that after training at Dynamic back then with Adam Ryan, or was that before? No, no, I was I was training with Adam then. Uh, so you, at some point, you made a decision that I I got to go down to the city and start training with. It, it was it was a pretty quick decision because my brother Cody was down there all. Oh, he, he was, was already, he, he was okay. training with Adam. Er, okay. Sorry, I didn't mention that, but yeah, he was training with Adam. Um, so you know he was always inviting me down, and like I said before, I mean. There was no one. For you there to was train nobody. After, yeah. There, no, you know, there'd be a couple guys. Um, Scott's son Jesse was really good, yeah. you know, but he just did it for fun. And then it was always like a revolving door of new guys. You know what I mean? Maybe there'd be one guy that kept coming, but mm-hmm. there was always new guys. So I, I, if I wanted to pursue it, I was like, man, you need to figure it out. You need to be training with some of the top level guys. Yeah. Then I started training down at 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 um, Adams with with Hardeep Singh was one of my first training partners and was brendan already there when brendan was there, there. Yeah. remember the first time i submitted him there did you oh yeah with an arm bar <laughs> bay he even remembers it <laughs> <laughs> just a little punk right so yeah. this big guy i'm all happy right yeah that was cool <laughs> nice so take us through the training at adams how is that different from what you're used to just doing martial arts or even other sports you, you've done sports all your life yeah, I've done sports all my life, but uh, I mean, there, there's nothing more humbling and there's nothing more uh, eye-opening than, than an MMA class and a kickboxing class, you know. Uh, basketball was so easy, you're running sprints, soccer, no big deal, you're just running for the most part, right? But, but um, you know, training at Adams was great because it, it was always hard, it was always, he was always on top of things. Adam was such a good coach, he was always there, he made sure... He made sure to watch all the sparring rounds, and he was he he was just a great coach. And uh, the, it, it was kind of an old school mentality then, you know. I remember just coming in and and uh, sparring real hard during kickboxing and all that. And yeah, it was great training, man. Great training. So you're you're commuting back and forth between Britannia Beach and Richmond, yeah, all, every day. Ah, uh, four, three, four times a week. Yeah, as wow. much as I can afford gas, you know, because yeah. it's expensive for gas. That, yeah, you know, it it's costs me about way. yeah, but cost me about twenty, twenty-five bucks a day in gas, mm-hmm. you know, which was expensive for a kid, you know, and then, and then I always had crap cars, you know, they're breaking down on the highway and changing tires and just such a headache, but. If if I wanted to get to the top and I wanted to be a battlefield champion, you know, I I knew I had to be training with the best guys, and you just you just got to make those sacrifices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's that goal. You know, you've the, got that drive towards the goal. You got to have the drive. This sport, there's no room for for half-assing anything. You know, a lot of people they there's they they make so many excuses for themselves. There's always ah oh, fuck I can't do it because of this and that and that and that. But like I said, you know, I I was driving a three hundred dollar car driving it 
an hour and a half each way, you know, just to get in some training. You know what I mean? So if you really want it, you, you just got to tough it out and do it. Right. I remember you took, what, six months or so off and went to Thailand. Jeremy Kennedy got you um, a sponsorship or something down in Thailand with Team Quest. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, that's, that's, that that's funny, actually. I remember I was... I was warming up for Bradley Nicholson, mm-hmm. and and Jeremy was fighting um, Andre da Silva, and I never met Jeremy at this point, and we were warming up in the in the cage, just shadow boxing or whatever, and and I looked at him and I'm like, hey Jeremy, I heard you were training in Thailand, man. I was out there like because I went out there once, but I was just only out there fun, for right? three or weeks, yeah. yeah, something like that. I did a little bit of training, but just fell in love. And I'm like, Jeremy, I'm gonna be out there, man, training with you, and I was just kind of just joking. And then after the fight, the next day, he sent me a message and was like, hey, bro, I don't know if you were joking serious or you're serious, but I'll get you a sponsorship. I'll, I'll be out there in two weeks. And I was like, all right, man, I'll be out there in two weeks, too. That's and, awesome. And that was it. I went out there. Yeah, I went out there for uh, six months. I was initially supposed to stay three, but I decided to stay six. Just great training, man. Jeremy Kennedy, he really opened my eyes to, to what a professional should be. And how you should be acting, mm-hmm. you know. He was like 21 or 22 at the time, and you could you could just tell right when you meet the kid that he's going to be something big just because of his, uh, his discipline. His and discipline was just crazy, you know. We, you know, you're in Thailand. We'd go out. You want you know you want to go out and have some beers every. You know, we we're training twice a day, six days a week on Saturday night. You want to go out and enjoy yourself a little bit, yeah. you know. We'd all go out with the boys and. Come on, Jeremy, have a beer, have a beer. He'd drink half of his beer, and he'd be like, man, well, I don't know if this is going to affect my cardio tomorrow, man. I don't know. And we'd be like, bro, just relax. You're having half a beer. You, you don't have a fight or anything. It's all good, you know? But but that kind of mentality, yeah. you know, that's why he's 2-0 he's in the UFC. He right now, yeah. He's going to be 3-0 and in the UFC. There's yeah. a reason for it, you know? So yeah. I've always looked up to Jeremy in that way. The nicest guy in the world, just so humble. Um, but yeah, living in Thailand was a good experience and I recommend anybody who wants to be a legit pro fighter to go out there and just train twice a day, every day and see what it's really like, you know? All right. Well, we'll come back to Thailand, but something we just, we just, uh, kind of glossed over was your fight with, with Brad Nicholson. Oh yeah. Now, right before we started recording here, you told me you don't really consider that a loss, but that, that really is, was that your first loss? My first loss on paper, I guess you can say. But okay. I mean, come on, Bradley, come on, bro. We all know you headbutted me. What happened? Tell, tell us the story. What was what happened there? Moving around, we clinch up, we hit heads. Yeah. You know, you can't really tell though because when we hit heads, we were clinched right away, and I was had him up against the fence. Yeah. You know, so you couldn't really see, and then all of a sudden, you just see blood coming from everywhere, and my brother and my coach Adam. They saw me cut. Yeah. So right away. Where did you get cut above Right here. I still yeah. have my little. And right away there. They wanted me to finish the fight. They're screaming, finish the fight, finish the fight. Because they knew the ref was going to pull some bullshit and stop the fight. Yeah. So I take him down. And I'm on top of him, ground and pounding him. And the ref pulls me off and it says, you can't see anymore. So we're going to stop the fight. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what? I'm on top, winning, punching him. But you're telling me that I can't see, so you're stopping a fight. At least wait until I'm maybe on the back, on my back, or we he sweeps me, or some sort of reverse in positions. But 
I'm on top clearly winning and you're going to stop the fight. I thought that was kind of silly, but, you know, it's the biggest win of his career and he's pretty happy about it. Is that something you want to get back? No, I don't. You don't he's care about that, right? down here, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. going way up. So. Okay, I'm sure he'll have some comments to that's make okay, about that's okay. that. He's still uploading photos on Instagram <laughs> the day he beat the champ, you know what I mean? Yeah. When it's the biggest thing in your career, I can understand. Okay. You know? so. All right, next loss. Let's talk about the next loss. Fight in Thailand. Take us through sort of the warm-up and, and what the scene is like with that fight in Thailand and uh, and the whole like lead-up to it and then the fight. You just made me remember Yeah, visualize shit. it and tell us about it. Uh, so I fought Ali Motamed, I believe his last name was, and, and he's a real good fighter. I mean, he was ranked number one in, in Asia at amateur at the time. He's still undefeated. I think he's 4-0 in pro as a pro or something, you know, a bunch of Muay Thai fights. Anyways, real good fighter. Um so we were, uh, you know, at the top kind of amateur guys in, in Asia and they wanted us to fight. So we went down and fought in full metal dojo. I remember I was warming up with Jeremy and I'm like warming up in an alley, yeah. dirt roads. Some Thai guys like driving by on his scooter with bags of rice and shit. And I'm trying to warm up and I'm like, what the hell? This is just crazy scenes. You know what I mean? Chickens are running by and and I was in Bangkok and... It was my first time in Bangkok, and it was so hot there, and there's so many people. And, uh, you know, when you're in Bangkok, you look around, and you can't see anything. All you see is concrete buildings, mm-hmm. you know, right up to the to the sky. You know, you can't see any. You don't even know where you are when you're looking around. But anyways, um, yeah, it was a really tough fight, you know. Um, I had to cut weight on my own. Some things went wrong, but I'm never, you know, that's not an excuse. He beat me fair and square. Um, the fight was going good in the first round. I had him down. I was controlling the fight. Second round, same thing was happening. I took him down. I was controlling the fight, but uh, he kind of slipped out. He got my back, and, and he sunk in a rear naked choke, and, and he got me, and that was my, my first official real loss, you know, mm-hmm. and... uh and that one hurt, you know, because because I wanted to beat him. I knew he was ranked number one, so I wanted to get that win and be be the number one guy in Asia. But he got me, and and maybe we'll uh, we'll have a rematch one day. But maybe as of right now, you know, who knows? How did what were, were you like after the fight? Did you feel down? Did you feel like this? As soon as I tapped, I was standing up, and I was like, "Can we just do this again?" You know what I mean? I, <laughs> yeah. You got lucky, man. Let me just, <laughs> let's just scrap. Let's just do this again quickly, you know. But like in your but, heart, uh, you believed you could beat uh, him. Of right? course, of course. I mean, when you're controlling the whole fight, and he yeah. wins ten five seconds of a fight, and you yeah. know, what I mean, you're winning six minutes of it of course yeah. you believe that you're the that sort of regret sinks in right away you know the, the mma is such a hard sport you know it's such a it's such a fickle sport it, it's it, it's so easy to lose in this sport there's so many ways you know it's not like boxing or kickboxing you know it's like a chess match it's right? like a chess it's like match one man. mistake and it's done one slip and you lose and and, and and in a fight where you're winning the whole fight you know and then just like that bang you're in some stupid ankle lock or something silly you know it's pretty frustrating, right? But did that, coming out of that fight and having that experience, did it cause you to, to look at the sport differently, change your mindset, change your training, change the way you go into a fight uh, at all? Or? Uh, uh, of course, with every loss, it's more it's motivating. You know what I mean? Yeah. You take away something after every loss, right? So, 
of course I was back in the gym and I'm going to be training harder than ever and and you know you 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 know you get that mentality for a couple months and but then you kind of just let it go and you move on to the next fight and the next fight and the next fight you know and you know moving on to the next fight I I won the next couple fights and then and then I had another loss another setback you know um but yeah you know you just kind of move on and that that's the sport, you know. The fight that you just mentioned was that the the fight with Battlefield. Yeah, that was the Christian Tremaine fight. Yeah, let's talk yes. about that. Because yeah. before that, when we were when I was just kind of talk chatting with you, it seemed like that was the fight that that yeah. really hurt. Right? That that one hurt. That one hurt. Um, you know, uh, give us the give us the setup for it because you you took that fight on short notice, I believe. You weren't really training f- for a fight person you were training but you weren't in a fight camp yeah two yeah weeks or something i think yeah um i i was in thailand and then i i came home on a week's notice to fight kirk for the for the battlefield the uh, bantamweight belt and then and then i had a few months off in between and in that time i was trying to save some money mm-hmm. you know i was in construction i was just labor you know trying to make some money so that i could head back out to thailand and in that time when I was just kind of screwing around, um, I still remember I was I was on the construction site, and uh, one of the guys working looks at me and he's like, "Hey, your brother just phoned. You're fighting in two weeks. You're fighting Christian Tremaine for the lightweight belt. You know, I got a donut in my hand and coffee, and all right, I guess I'm fighting Christian in two <laughs> weeks. You know, and." Just like that, I'm like, okay, guys, I'm I'm done here. So see yeah. you guys in two weeks. And you know? Christian is no joke. No, this Christian is no this joke. Isn't you know, some slouch. No, 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 no. The kid's eight feet tall. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, I just I just told my boss right there. All right, man, I'm I'm done here. You know, I, I got a fight to prepare for now. You in know, two weeks. They were totally fine with. Yeah. Um, so I, tr- I trained the best I could for Christian, you know. Now, are you I, training with Adam at this point? Uh, on and off, yeah. you know. Like I said, it was like, at this point, it was really hard to train with Adam because I was working in North Van. Mm-hmm. So it was like driving from Britannia to North Van, working eight hours, and as soon as work's over, I have to drive from, because I think class started at four or five. And you've got crazy traffic. The traffic. With, between it, North Van and North Van, yeah. It's yeah. so, like an hour so, and a half. Yeah, an hour and a half, you know what I mean? And that's just getting across the bridge, yeah. you know? So I was kind of limiting my trips down there, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Because it, it was pretty tough to do all that, you know? And then, you know, go and train for a couple hours and then make the drive back home. Yeah. You know, it's a long do it day. Again, yeah. Wake up do it all again so, so you're, you're you're hit and miss with your training at that point at that point i was yeah. you know because like i said i was trying to save as much money as i could it's gas money all that i wanted to save i just wanted to get back out to thailand anyway so you know i was still training i was in whatever shape i took the fight i came out guns blazing you know because i knew i i didn't think i'd be able to last all five rounds so i was trying to finish him in the first or second which was a big mistake <laughs> you know i <laughs> I had him up against the fence. I was picking him up and slamming him, and I had him in a rear naked choke for a little bit. But I mean, Christian's just such a tough kid, man. He's a good friend of mine now. You know, yeah. me, me and him are buddies now. But I mean, he's just such a tough kid. He wouldn't. He would not give up. He wouldn't back down. And I remember Lang after the second round. I slid off of his back. The ref stopped us. He slid off his back. He gets up. Uh, he's. I'm laying there, and I'm like. Uh, making all these noises and Christian's like 
Man, are you okay? This is what he says during our fight in between the in rounds. In between. In between. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, I was like, man, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. You know? But uh, I'm just tired. And he's just like, oh, okay. And, then, and I'm like laying there, barely breathing. And my brother comes out and he's just screaming at me. You know, everybody can hear it. You know, yeah. it's, you fucking want to win this fight? Get up right now. Get up, get up, get up. I'm barely getting up. I can just imagine. <laughs> sitting on, they're trying to talk to me. I'm just, I don't even know what they're saying. You know, like, let me breathe. Somehow, I have no idea how, but I grinded out those last three rounds. You know, I, I pinned him up against the fence for the first minute and a half or something, and then. Somehow he'd sweep me and he'd land up on top and he'd squeeze out those last three rounds and and he got me he beat me. It was a decision, right? It was a decision. Yeah. And then and then after the fight, I didn't even care who won. They're like the ref has our hands. I didn't even give a shit at this point. I just wanted to get downstairs and lay down, right? And they announce him the winner. I go downstairs and I remember right in front of everybody, I'm like sprawled out. You remember how they had the the TVs yeah, for yeah. people to watch? To watch, right? Just, yeah. I can't remember if it was in Richmond or Coquitlam, but it was downstairs. Probably in Richmond. Richmond. Right? Yeah. yeah, and it was downstairs, and and all the fighters were out. Yeah. Watching, and I remember I came out in front of all of them. I'm just laying out, and my brother was so mad at me, and he's like, "This is what you're gonna do in front of everybody. You're showing your weakness right now. Get up, man. This is so embarrassing." And I'm just like. Oh, I don't care, man. Like, this is I'm the worst right thing now. I've ever felt in my whole life. You know, but I grinded through it. And, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed to even watch the fight. Yeah, but, but you uh, learn a lot about it yourself, oh, right? When you're tons. when you're pushing yourself through that, uh, that, that tough part. Christian made me a professional fighter. And Christian made me realize what it takes. I need to be in shape all the time. I'll never have a fight like that again. I'll never take a short notice fight like that again. Um, by far, Christian was my toughest fight, and I got nothing but respect for him. And, and I'm glad that I got to uh, share that experience with him because he made me he made me into a much better fighter, you know. So it was definitely a good experience. What was life like him. right after that fight, mentally? It was tiring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, right after that fight, mentally, um, you know, a lot of my my friends and family they were still pretty proud of me for for showing for the sure heart and all yeah. that but you know how it is as a fighter it doesn't matter you know you lost and you know i was i was pretty devastated after that loss for a little while but um uh, you know i picked myself up and and uh, and i just promised myself that i wasn't going to screw around like that anymore you know i was going to be in shape at all times and you know just not taking short notice silly fights and uh yeah again it just it really helped my career with that fight so i'm glad that happened Things change after that fight. You haven't had a loss after that fight, right? No, I haven't had. Uh, I haven't had a loss. No, I went. I'm 15 and 0 right now in Muay Thai. I hold three belts in Chiang Mai. Um, three and 0 in MMA. I lost one boxing fight. Mm -hmm. That's that was my only loss since then. I'm one and one in pro boxing. So just looking back, how far you progressed over the years, and uh, seeing guys that are in the amateur circuit right now that uh, are just like tough guys that are like brawlers yeah because i mean in, in the amateur circuit you can be like a tough brawler and stuff right? oh yeah and like still get pretty high up there but really martial arts teaches you a lot more than just being a tough brawler right can you oh, just yeah. tell us a little bit about what the experience of like being an actual martial artist uh entails i mean to me being a uh, you know 
to be being a martial artist, there's a lot of things, but I I I think like not getting hit is a real big thing, and mm-hmm. that I'm carrying on with the uh, brawling, you know. Um, a lot of times when you first start off, you're a fighter first, and you come in and you just want to knock people out. The the more skillful I've become, the more I've realized that I don't want to get hit as much, you know. So I've taken on the whole martial arts, you know, the 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 each aspect of of martial arts, the boxing, you know, all the slips and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, I I would say. That I kind of lost my 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 train of thought here, but yeah, I think the the biggest transition from becoming a a, a fighter in a, in a mixed martial artist is is experience and time. You know, again, the first time I went out, I, I I did the same. I was swinging for the fences, and and as time progresses, it's just like any other sport. You kind of you know when to pick your shots, you know, you know when to throw your kicks and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Battlefield has some of the greatest amateurs, though. So, but yeah, I don't know if that really answered your question, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Just um, discipline, I think, is like one of the biggest things. I think that uh, you can't really, I mean, you can teach people it, but yeah. you can't, right? No, no. I, um, yeah, there's some things you just can't teach, you know, and heart. I would say it's probably one of the biggest things you can't teach. But anyways, yeah, yeah, like like discipline is is a major role in in fighting and and at first, you know, a lot of people get into fighting for the Facebook photos, you know what I mean, and the statuses and the you know I'm a fighter, I'm a fighter, and then I beat Cole Smith. Uh, pardon me, I beat Cole Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, but when you yeah, so when you first start, you know, and you're a fighter, and you're a fighter, and you're going in, you're fighting like that, you know, it kind of weeds out those kind of guys after a few years and the more experience and 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 when people really uh, see what the grind is like, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's cool when you have Facebook photos and all that shit, but when it comes down to it and you have to train every day, twice a day, putting up with the grind, the cutting weight and the eating healthy and no going out on the weekends and all that kind of stuff, then you realize if you really want to be a fighter. And I think that's when the fighters and those kind of guys are started to get weeded out and the real martial arts and the real guys who who want to be fighters, they you can tell who they are pretty quick, you know. Um, and those skills that you just talked about that you develop, be it discipline, sort of resolve of of be, being able to let go and make sacrifices yeah. of, of whatever the fun things and and whatnot, that does translate into life, right? So when you're ten years down the line, whatever you retire from fighting and and you go on and you set a goal for yourself for your life to you know, launch a new business or, or whatever it is, get it, get a school degree, whatever the hell it might be that you're going towards, it's the same skill set that's going to come into play. Right? Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, MMA has helped my, my other side of my life in so many ways, you right. know what I mean? I've, I've become so much more confident. I've become uh, a better speaker because I'm more confident. I've become more of a leader, you know, um, Again, just like the discipline and the work ethic that you have to put into MMA. There's so much in MMA and mixed martial arts, martial arts in general, that you can take away into your everyday life. Um, it, it's definitely 
helped me become a better person, a more calm person. When I was younger, I was in trouble all the time. I was fighting. I was smoking a lot of weed. And then, and then once I started training and fighting, you know, you, you stop smoking, you stop getting in trouble, and you just start focusing, right? And right. Plus the self-confidence that you develop through that. Oh. You know, you don't, a lot of the people who get into street fights and whatnot, it's because of that le- lack of self-confidence, right? That That is, it's, yeah, that's no better way of saying it. A lot of people, you know, they're not confident with themselves. They don't know how, what, how they can handle themselves in situations, so they, they put themselves into those situations to see what they can do, you know? Right. I'm fine with it. I know what I can do. I've, you don't have to prove yourself. I have to prove nothing. I don't need to prove everybody around me, all my friends and family, they know what I'm capable of doing. A lot of the people who are there, not really sure, you know? A lot of the tough guys on the street who have never done a day of MMA, mm-hmm. you know, they need to prove to themselves and they need to prove to all their buddies that they're tough, right? Training really, like we talked about before, it really humbles you and, and you kind of take a step back and you can... And you can kind of realize that you can you're capable of a lot more than you than you thought, you know. Right. And you don't need to go out and get drunk and fight people on the weekends to prove that. Yeah. You just getting towards the end here. Um, you're somewhat of a role model right now. You have your gym there, and you have kids coming in training. These kids look up to you know the Cole Smith, the champ, basically, yeah, yeah. right? So. Um, obviously that plays a factor in how you handle yourself, how you behave around town. It's a small community, small town, everybody knows each other. Yeah. But, but more importantly, what I want to ask you is, if you see the same sort of thing that we just talked about regarding self-confidence, regarding um, that dedication, discipline coming up in these kids that are starting to... To, that their parents drop them off, maybe mm-hmm. they have issues as they come in. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about if you see that sort of transformation happen for kids that come in. Well, I can give off. you a perfect example because we've already done that, me yeah. and my older brother Casey with um, one of the Idrup Verk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he yeah. just fought for you guys right, Saturday. Yeah. Um, we, he's been with us for about four years now, mm-hmm. I think. And when he first came into the gym, mm-hmm. he came in and he was bragging about stealing stuff and he was showing me videos of him fighting random kids on the street and, and just... just Exactly what we're talking about, just getting yeah. into trouble for no reason. And uh, and he'd show me the videos, and I'm like, man, you're 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 fighting kids who don't even know what they're doing. You're fighting them in the grass behind the school. Why don't you just keep training? I'll set you up with some tournaments, and uh, we'll get you fighting real fighters and people who know what they're doing. Um, that really changed him. He started coming in every class. He was one of the, he was he was always there. One of the most consistent guys. Um, he changed his diet. He was always in one of the um, bad kid programs or whatever. Yeah. And their teacher came to me and my brother and was like, "MMA has changed Indroop so much. Thank you guys. You, he, he brings a new. He brings a healthy lunch to school every day. He never gets in trouble anymore. You know, he quit everything. He's just a good good student now. So for the last four or five years, all he's been doing is training, winning." He's won belts now. He made his de- BFL debut. He never gets in trouble anymore. His dad is just so thankful of us, you know. So beautiful. It, it, it's nice to actually see that happen. That you know, the because tra- yeah. again, like he he's the best example that I have. You know, mm-hmm. he was. Hopefully, there will be a lot more than more of that. Hope I can already see it because I'm a I teach 
Tuesday to Thursday, I teach kids jujitsu, yeah. and I can see the kids who reminded me of myself. Right. You know, so I'm already on them, trying to help them, trying to get them out of trouble. You know, they're not paying attention; they're running all around. You know, so I'm, I, you know, I talk to their parents a lot, and and just kind of tell them the stuff that I was told that helped me kind of mm-hmm. change and figure it out. You know, so awesome. Um, yeah. What's uh, what does the future hold? For you, going to the UFC, man. Everybody knows what the future holds for me. What do you think you have to do to get there? Just keep winning fights, you know. Uh, yeah, it's about it's as easy as that, you know. Keep yeah. winning fights. Stick with Battlefield. Yeah, you know, I, I love Battlefield. I love what you guys do. Um, I love how you guys make sure that uh, these guys have a bigger platform to fight for when at some point in their lives. You know, it's you know what four guys now have gone yep. to the UFC yep. so I mean who wouldn't want to stay here you know I love being the champ you guys have the nicest belts in Canada <laughs> <laughs> well I look forward to seeing you fight in the UFC brother yeah thanks we for coming find on. you on uh, social media or anything like that yep. you want to plug yeah Coltrain01 my Instagram that's about it I don't really have too much more you know unless you want to add me on Facebook <laughs> Cole Smith very good thank you very much thank you sir